All right. So you guys ready for this fact pattern situation? Let's do fact pattern. I literally wrote it in the past 15 minutes, so we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) It's been busy, guys. Yeah. (laughs) We, We will indeed see how this goes. Welcome to this week's episode of the RevOps Podcast. I am your host, of course, Jordan Henderson, anchor. and I am yeah, anchor, anchor, anchor. <laughs> Jordan Henderson. Yeah, you guys are like field correspondents. This is the new phrase, then. <laughs> um, and I am joined today, as is tradition, by Brandon Redlinger and Jonathan Stevens. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Jonathan, I've never asked this question. Is that a violin on your wall behind you? It is indeed. So you, that is. Do you play the violin? I do not. <laughs> it's a complete so show. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. We don't need to explain anymore. Perfect. Let's just end it at that. If anybody wants to I hear do the rest of the story, Ding Jonathan, I don't even care. I just wanted to know. If it was Whatever, I'm moving on. All right. So, <laughs> so to clarify, it's a, no, no, no. We're not doing it. We're not, I'm serious. We're not Fine, we're going to leave it. this a mystery. We're going to move next forward. Episode. People can people can LinkedIn message you if they have this question. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to waste valuable airspace with it. I don't want to waste every time. I'm here to provide value to our listeners, guys. I'm here. Um, all right, everybody. All right. So this week, I'm pretty excited because we're going to do something that we only did one of these so far. Um, this will be airing. Just after you guys hear our, our sweet, sweet talk with Rob Simmons of the Lean Data team and super actionable, super awesome talk. But right before that, we did this for the first time ever, which was a, I think we called it Logic Games. It's actually based on fact patterns, which is a concept from law school. If people don't know, I went to law school. It's all I talk about, blah, blah, blah. It's how you know I went to law school. It's basically like, how do you know? <laughs> every, you know? every episode. <laughs> how, do you, how do you know somebody does CrossFit? Because they've told you 42 <laughs> times. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's what law school is for me. So we're going to do a, a logic game today, which is I have a fact pattern, which I am going to read to you both. Uh, what I would like for us to do is listen to the fact pattern. I can read it twice, Jonathan. I know you're going to ask. Um, <laughs> and, and once I've read the fact pattern, first thing we'll do is what are the issues? Like, what are we, what are we seeing in this that probably needs to be fixed? Right? Like what's the, what kind of, what kind of shit are we dealing with here? Um, which is a huge part of RevOps, right? Like this is what I want to do is essentially take all of the information we've provided in the previous 45 episodes of like, if this is broken, do this. If this is, data says this, then dive into this, find out what's wrong, do that, fix it, right? I want to take all of that learnings and apply it to a fact pattern so people can get used to the idea of how to actually use these in the real world, which should be really fun or terrible. We'll find out. I don't know. I don't know. TBD. You got, are you guys ready? Are you guys <laughs> ready for the fact it. pattern? Let's do it. Helen Back... Nice, right? Nice. Is leading <laughs> RevOps at, at a 450-person software company. Her sales team just had its biggest quarter ever in terms of closed one new business. Biggest nice. quarter ever closed Hell one yeah. new business. Congrats. Right. Good job, Helen. Um, Helen is doing her next quarter forecasting and is realizing that their pipeline is weak. Like, weak. Put that in all caps. W-E-A-K, weak. The team is currently forecasted to hit about 50% of its quota capacity in the next quarter. Through digging into the pipeline generation metrics, Helen has discovered that the sales team is not self-generating any new logo business. The pickup rate on Margen leads is around 80%. Margen pipeline is down 
margin pipeline generated quarter over quarter is down about 40%. And the average new pipeline deal size quarter over quarter is down by about 60%. What are, what are hell? Like, so, so I'm going to pause there because that's the fact pattern. It's a lot mm-hmm. of shit. Mm-hmm. You guys with Good me? Good luck, Helen. Do you want me to go Helen's got some work to do. I didn't, make this easy. Yeah. I didn't make this easy. We're not making this easy. We're yeah, fine. Okay. Right, you know? yeah. and, and by the way, most people aren't going to run into this many dumpster fire problems in one day, <laughs> but you are going to run into each of these things at some point in your career thousand percent certain if you don't lucky for you kudos why are you listening to the podcast you're perfect go away um <laughs> but but you guys need me to read it again are we good i'm good, good. all right so first what, what are the major issues what's the first issue you guys see start there capacity they can't they capacity don't have, they don't have enough headcount to hit the numbers they're trying to hit oh actually i'm gonna clarify this i'm gonna this they have they're forecast to hit 50 percent of their current quota capacity Oh, okay. So, so the reps say, say there's 10 reps that have a quota of 200,000 each. That means their team's quota capacity is 2 million. They're forecasted to hit a million. So okay. adding capacity doesn't necessarily solve this problem. Well, I mean, my first thought was why, why is she now only just realizing this going into the quarter? It's like, yeah, um, there it is. There's issue you, number one. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why don't you know this by now? Or at least have a hint that this is coming. Yeah, issue one. You're forecasting at the start of a new quarter. Like you're you're, you're forecasting way too late to actually yeah. get that. Your quarter is lost already. Unless you exactly. have a 10-day deal cycle. Most companies don't. Most companies is 45 days plus. You can maybe move the needle a little bit, put some gas on the existing business or upsell train, try to get something through the door, but you're just gonna hurt yourself in future quarters. And reality is is it's too late. It's too late to fix this, right? Mm. So yeah, totally. Issue number one, forecasting way too late. How do you fix that? Well, it could be um, because deals closed that you were forecasting this quarter. They just closed early. I mean, that, that that's great for this quarter, right? But you're stealing this quarter from the next quarter. So yeah. it, it could be overall a wash, right? Um, but maybe, you know, maybe it's one or two big deals, enterprise deals, million-dollar deals that you were forecasting last quarter and now hit this quarter instead. So you brought it forward, which usually is the opposite of what happens, right? Usually Almost push. always. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think part of it is, is um, what is their forecast? Go, go back and look at your forecasting process. Are you mm-hmm. only forecasting for current quarter always? Cause a lot of mm-hmm. companies are right. Like they sit in a meeting or they yeah. have some module and they say like, what's your commit for this quarter? What's your upside for this quarter? What's yeah, your likely yeah, exactly. for this quarter? Right. Like, and, and all the way, what's your pipeline for this quarter? And they do that up until the final two weeks of a quarter in which they stop forecasting altogether because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there they are then closing business for two weeks. And then the start of the new quarter, like, hey, great. So what's you guys' commit for this quarter? And it's the first week of that quarter. And it's too late. So the first thing I would do is go look at the process. Hey, are we forecasting more forward looking? Can we start forecasting? Can we start building this muscle to ask, okay, great. Like what's your commit look like for next quarter? What's your upside for next quarter? What's your well, next especially quarter? Especially for, for pipeline, right? right? Especially for pipeline. Totally. Yeah. Start, you, should, you should know months before a quarter starts what your pipeline looks like for that quarter. So you can make bigger business decisions beyond just like what the sales team needs to do, but also like hiring decisions, right? Super important. But for sure. By the way, sales, I just set up Salesforce forecasting again and it is like, it is so weird to set up. I'll put that out there. If anybody wants help doing that, I have a walkthrough guide that I've made that helps me a lot when I do it. But you have to set up like role. You have to do all sorts of weird stuff to set up Salesforce forecasting. But it's awesome when you need to extend into other quarters. 
So anybody listening, set up Salesforce forecasting. I know it's hard. Ping me. I'll send you a little cheat sheet. It's awesome. Um, it, otherwise, otherwise, just do it because it, it literally forces the like this this quarter, next quarter, all the way four quarters forward, which is super helpful for your business. All right. What's the next issue? Come on. Come on. Jonathan, I see you thinking, trying to squeeze out a thought there. <laughs> see those four headlines four headlines are clenching down real hard. Come on. I like literally listed the issues. You want to read the fact pattern again? Oh, Come we're still on, on the, the first part of it? So the, yeah, we're, we're still, what other issues have we got to talk about? That's one problem, right? What other problems does she have that we need to dive into? How do you solve? Well, you, you mentioned ACV is down, right? Average deal size. Yeah, average deal size way down. That's definitely like, on that list. Yeah, like it's, da- it's, it's down. It's down sixty percent quarter over quarter. If if that's going up, then maybe you have a little bit of hope of saving the quarter. But like, w- why is that down? And why is it down so much? Like that's that that's not just a little drop there. Yeah, totally huge. So what do you look at? So so I come to you and say, hey, my average deal size is down sixty percent for this quarter. Like pipeline we generated last quarter is sixty percent smaller by deal size than the quarter pre- than the many quarters previous. Like, what do I do? Who's giving out seventy five percent discounts? <laughs> well, that, 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 that is actually a good point. And it's yeah. worth worth if I if you were if I was looking at it if I found this out one week into the quarter that all of my deal sizes generated from the quarter previously were that much smaller. The first thing I would look at just because it's a prayer and a hope is, is the sales team just sandbagging on all these deals? <laughs> because like, I really hope they are because absent that I can't do much at this point to fix this problem. Right. Uh, but I, mean, I, ho- like, I would hope deal desk sure. doesn't let that happen. Right. Right. Very good point. Deal desk needs to live under RevOps. Just for everybody listening. This is a podcast. <laughs> deal desk needs to live under RevOps. Yeah. So you would know this as well. <laughs> Um, but then, but then what else, right? Like, uh, if, if that's true and we go back and, Hey, it's not due to discounting. These are actually just the sizes that these customers are, are able to afford. This is the honest to God deal sizes. What, what's, what's the problem? What do I need to look at to fix that? Well, now I'm looking at like the segments, are yep. they all coming now from SMB or did you, maybe you didn't close any enterprise deals this quarter or something? Yep. Yeah. Then I'd look at the talent of your team. Do you have team that's talented enough and with the capacity to work an enterprise company because that is a an huge process so you've got to really know what you're doing on the enterprise space and you've got to have yeah. enough headcount for it i also i also think it's a great time to revisit your icp <laughs> if your if your deal starts starts start to fall through the floor you maybe need to tweak your icp to eliminate some sector that might be just screwing you right yeah. and or, then like or is there a pricing issue where you're letting people in the door without having to spend a whole lot. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's a, a deal size starts at targeting. But so I would revisit everything that goes into my targeting because at the end of the day, like sales enablement, sales training, deal desk, all those things are levers to ensure you're maximizing the return of a deal. But if, if maximizing the return of the deal is always going to be capped by the targeting, right? If I can find a company that can spend $30,000, my job in deal desk or sales, et cetera, is to make sure we get that $30,000 or as close to it as possible. Yeah. If it's 60,000 at the top job is to get it to 60, that targeting informs that decision. And I would also, I mean, I think you would also look at the maturity of the sales and the marketing process. So a lot of companies really want to go after enterprise, but they're still doing SMB tactics. So you got to look at that. Totally. Too. Totally. Yep. Um, all right. So that, that's one more issue, by the way, there's like five issues in this thing. What else do you guys got? I, I got a list. I got a list of the, I mean, 
Helen Back has got some problems, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe just find a new job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's our biggest problem. I mean, that, Helen Back has done a shit job for the past three months. It's probably a fair, fair problem. <laughs> fair, fair assessment. Um, there, yeah. but, but she's here now. She's fixing it. All right. She's mm-hmm. been to Helen Back. You know, whatever. She's, she's dedicated. Um, <laughs> Had to work that in in case there was any listener yeah, that yeah, exactly. had, had to make sure. Uh, what, what, so uh, no self-gen. Sales, let's say that. That's an issue. The sales team is not generating pipeline, period. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. What do I do? Sales team isn't generating pipeline. Where do I start? What channels are they using to try to generate pipeline is the first thing I drill into. Because <laughs> if, if all they're doing is calling, then they're going to be lower on pipeline for sure than if they have a sophisticated email and LinkedIn process to supplement totally. the phone Om- calls. Omnichannel, right? Like you got to yeah. be hitting them on phone, voicemails, LinkedIn, video messages, emails. Don't cold text. Don't do that. Oh, Everybody <laughs> every, I know there's like a billion SDR leaders out in the world right now. They're like cold texting is the future. So invasive. Don't do it. Let's let's set a line somewhere for the world, which is don't cold text me about business, especially <laughs> after, like just don't do it. Um, I'll never buy your software if you do that. Period. Um, but yeah, I love that. All right. So what's our what's our channel approach look like? Right. Like what are we not not partner channel, but like what channels are we actually trying to sell into? What else? What else would I do for self gen? What are we saying when we actually get across there? Are we providing enough nice. supporting content? Are we really talking succinctly about what our product does and how it solves the problem? in their everyday world. I think a lot of companies will say, I've got this awesome shiny product, but they don't explain why it solves the problem for their business. So they they see, okay, this is cool, but I don't really put it together with myself. So if you can't put your product together with a person who's going to buy it, they're not going to buy it. They're not going to have interest. Spoken, you, you've been, uh, for everybody listening, the past like three weeks, I have been just like forcing Jonathan into sales enablement type projects and it is working my it is friend paying <laughs> you, are, you are sales enablement minded like, you would never give me that answer before that I'm taking no. all credit for that for what it's nice. worth <laughs> you I know like I am I've been forcing I've been literally pushing you into it yeah. uh, that's a great answer what else there's so much. Well, I, I, so might, much I feel like the, the biggest problem is like, again, she's now just realizing that, well, like what was expected? Yeah. Like how, how what, what were the expect- expectations? There's clearly set in no the beginning SLAs for how, or expectations. Exactly. Around how much pipeline, right? Yeah. So the first, exactly. Yeah. And to that point, I think one of the first things I look at is how sophisticated is your reporting? Do you actually have a dedicated analyst or do you just have a bunch of people sure, part time yeah. pulling and, and, and you don't even need sophisticated to this point. Like all I need, obviously in this scenario, if she's just finding this out, that self, nobody's self-gen, they never had a self-gen pipeline goal. They never had a minimum activities requirements for AEs. Like they don't have these things in place because otherwise you wouldn't find yourself in this bucket with not knowing it. Right. So they don't even need sophisticated reporting. They just need like, have you created opportunities in Salesforce? It's really some straightforward stuff, but yeah, totally. Um, I would also then look at like, to your point, Jonathan, yeah. Like what, where are we reaching out to? What are we doing? Is there, is there an expectation that they actually do this? Do they have goals? Those are, those are two key things for sure. Are we giving them 
tech that enables them to actually do this? Do they have a dialer system? Do we have Zoom info to pull data and get accurate information? And who are they targeting? Again, going back to targeting. Targeting, I I can have all of the rest of that is true. And if my sales reps are only every person at the company is targeting Dr. Pepper and we're Coca-Cola, like it's not going to work, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. And so it also like we can do everything right. And if our targeting is bad, we're screwed. And then how close are we aligned to marketing on this mm-hmm. as well? Right. Yeah. Like is, is this some sort of ABM effort is ABX, whatever. Sorry, John Miller. Don't <laughs> yell at me. Um, and are your tactics aligned with who you're targeting? So key example, if you're targeting, I like I, tactics, by the way, I don't think <laughs> tactics is a word for sellers. It's not <laughs> tactics. You just, you're just selling. He's doing your job. It's not a tactic. I'm not like fighting <laughs> World War three. Like, yeah, I like to think of it like a little bit. Tactic is manipulative. It feels manipulative. True, it's not true. manipulation. True. You know what the tactic is? I'm going to be an active yeah, listener. I'm going to understand your problem. I'm going to help you solve it. It's not a tactic. True. It's just. Well, I, I mean, there's a little bit of a tactic. A skill. A little bit of a skill yeah. you've got to acquire to be able to understand. So like, for instance, a VP at a very large enterprise company going to be in meetings nine to five all day long. You're not going to get them on the phone. Good luck even trying. So you've got to have other avenues to get in front of them to get them on the phone. You know, you know, I'm going to disagree. I'm totally going to disagree. I think you're wrong. I think I get VPs sales on the phone more than I get anybody else. If I make cold calls, you know why? Why? Cause, cause they're expecting calls. Nobody that's junior is expecting somebody to call them and ask for a reference about a former employee or like some like other company to call and ask a question. When I was a VP of sales and, mm-hmm. and every time I'm in a leadership role, I, ha- I basically every day I'm answering a phone at least once or twice to say, yeah, they were a wonderful employee. I'd totally hire them again. And I have no idea what phone number is going to be calling me. And so that day I answer every freaking phone call. <laughs> and so, and, and you will, I answer so many cold calls because of that. Like so many cold calls because I'm waiting for calls. And when I was more junior marketer, I was never waiting for calls. So hmm. I never answered the phone. Well, good good luck managing your your calls now. People are just gonna be calling <laughs> <you> left <laughs> and right. So and if you want Jordan's phone number, it is if, if you want to go <laughs> tactics, this is actually gonna be like a really manipulative tactic. So like Call Jonathan. Tell Jonathan to ask me if I'll be his reference, and then tell him what day I'll call. Cold call, call me that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna answer the phone, right? No, that's yeah, a tactic. That is roundabout. Well, all right. Anyways, yeah. we're moving on. Um, all right. So we've solved that problem. What other what other problems, other guys? There's more here. There's more here. There's a big one, Jonathan. That I thought you would just have been like skadooshin home for this. Come on, <laughs> skadooshin home. Come on, Jonathan. As it relates to the ACV one. deal size. Well, no, we've talked about that one already. Oh, for the next. Okay. Pickup rate. Pickup rate. What are you talking about? Pickup rate's 80%. We're not going to talk about that. You ping me every time Mm. there's one lead that somebody hasn't called in three hours. (laughs) 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 Pickup rate is 80%. Pickup rate for everybody listening is the the concept of if if marketing generates 100 leads, 100 net new good leads with contact information, all the above, right? Not disqualified. They're net new. They're good to go. Um, How many of them? Do your SDRs or AEs or whoever's receiving those leads actually call within the expected amount of time, whether that's an hour, two hours, two days, whatever that looks like for your business. By the way, I recommend shorter, of course. Um, 95% is industry standard. 95% are better, right? We will, otherwise, if I'm generating 100 leads and we're calling less than 95 of them, that's bad. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not including in those percentages like if I go through that hundred and DQ 10 of them, because it's very clear they're not good targets, they're not included in the math. We're talking about which ones we actually can call. And ideally we'd be calling all of them, Mm -hmm. right? 80% is not a good number. It's not terrible, 
it's not gonna it's it's not fundamentally ruining your business, but it's not good either. You're leaving right? money on the table. Yeah, absolutely. It's pickup rate's bad. What do I do? Yeah, I would say as a as a marketer, that is one of the most frustrating things that you can see in your career is when you spend a bunch of time generating really good leads at good companies and they sit collecting dust. So that should be avoided at all costs because that is one thing that burns a marketing team out more than anything else. Totally. Nothing more frustrating than like, Hey, I did all this hard work and you guys just pissed off yeah. <laughs> entirely. Right. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and, and almost never in those situations, you'll have such fundamental misalignment that the other side will be like, marketing is not generating enough leads. Yep. And both sides are just pissed. Yeah. So like, yeah, absolutely. You need to fix it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Brandon, you had something there. <laughs> no, say like I, I feel like we, we talk about this one quite a lot about just make sure that the leads are getting there, make sure that they have the yeah. right context and, and the right info, and so that they can follow up. Like it's it's all about the speed to lead that we we talk about all the time, right? Make sure that they have the technology to be able to reach out to the people, uh, making sure yeah the right people are getting the right leads. Like all of that goes into. The pickup rate, right? Totally. Yeah. The, are, have I have I set expectations? Do I have goals? Am I routing the leads appropriately? Am I then using reporting and metrics to track that my pickup rate is good? Again, to her initially, you should know this every week. This shouldn't be looking back like, hey, our pickup yeah, rate is eighty yeah. percent. Also worth noting when I think about pickup rate in terms of impacting, she's obviously had a terrible quarter of generating pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. I actually don't know that this pickup rate has caused that problem. What I want to know, and, and is, I didn't put enough information. I wrote the fact pattern and I don't know the answer to this question. But like, how, do, how does that pickup rate tr- compare to previous quarters, right? If I'm at 80% yeah. now, but I was at 60% in previous quarters, the pickup rate probably it could be fixed and can improve things. It didn't cause my pipeline problem. Something else is causing my pipeline problem. So I would, I would always like pickup rate is one where I want to see trending very consistently to make sure it's always healthy or getting better. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, more important than anything is what are you doing to stand out amongst all the thousands and thousands of other sales reps trying to reach out to sell you their tools? Because if you're just getting lost in that flood, you just back into sales enablement again. You I just know, can't get out of it, can you? <laughs> like, it. what message you get? Like, what messaging? What comms are they using? You're just in there listening to CAI now. Listen to CAI, everybody. Listen to the yeah, phone call. That, right? Oh my preach, goodness, brother, preach. List, just listening to a few. Discovery calls from reps with our CAI tool is most valuable things I've ever done. I think at a company, like I would wreck everybody at a company get access to a recording of some discovery calls for your product because you will learn mm. so much, not only about your own products, but how other people are solving the problems with your products. And that's critical to understand yeah. the language you use when you reach out, understand their pain points, the whole gamut. Totally. Totally. It also, um, it creates like buy-in and communication too, right? One of the things we've talked about last week actually at Revenue IO is, is that in our weekly, we have a weekly meeting where the inbound SDR team syncs with the demand gen team. And we talk through like, here's lead quality, here's some titles we're seeing that aren't good, here's conversations we're having that are hard, here's how we could like tweak this, here's feedback on ads. And, and then, you know, marketing is sort of like, here's ads that are upcoming, here's where, where pickup rates are bad, sort of aligning those two teams. One of the things we talked about and we're starting to do is, it's like, we're going to listen to a couple of these calls, in that yes. meeting as a group and, and, and some, one of them might be, Hey, like 
we keep getting regional managers in our leads and that's shit. Let me play this call for you so you can understand why I don't want to cold call regional managers, <laughs> right? Like it, and, and like, but it, it's important because it drives home the experience. It's not just me saying it. It's, Hey, like, let me show you why this is bad. Let's all understand it together. Cause I'm the one who had to deal with this terrible experience. Let's fix it permanently moving forward. Not just every six months. I'll remind you not to have regional managers and things. Yep. So, I think it's it's so yeah. important for that inbound SER team to have total alignment as far as title targeting to make sure that you're targeting the right people in the right organizations because they have the ground level insight that nobody else has. Totally. Brandon, what else? Dude, like I I can't stress the importance enough of conver- of listening to calls because like so- Everyone can honestly uh, benefit. We're getting so salesy on this episode. I love it. it. Everyone can benefit from it, right? Like product marketing and product can identify trends in the market. And, you know, it helps drive feature requests and feature development. Uh, It helps engineers give real-time feedback on the features that they've released, right? It helps customer marketing identify advocates, something that... We we actually haven't talked enough about it on the podcast yet, but customer advocacy is a huge a, a huge opportunity for a lot of organizations that I don't think are doing a, a great job out there right now. Um, and of course, legal team can keep an eye on if they're in compliance. Customer, oh, you know how good leader. it is for legal. Oh my god, you can spot <laughs> yeah. check to make, if say you're in a company where a team says like you're required to say, hey, this call is recorded for training and coaching purposes, right? Say, exactly. say that's required of everybody. I could spot check calls mm-hmm. to make sure that's happening and if i find one in 10 where it isn't holy shit we're doing a training like, <laughs> like, right? like, like, better yet i can re- remind them when a notification they have to do yeah. I mean, if they like haven't that. done it and there's yeah. certain yeah, game changer if you're 20 seconds yeah yeah, yeah. but because by the way guys i don't know if you know this but i went to law school i don't <laughs> uh, anything else anything else i'm missing on that any other issues did i miss anything we talked about the deal size being down we talked about pickup rate we talked about self-gen we talked about the pipeline being down in general and the reasons why um we talked about forecasting into the next quarter and what we would do into future quarters mm. um I would take a long hard look at do you have the right people at your organization are you structured correctly what what is they just closed you? the most new business they've ever closed as a company. Mm-hmm. And that's fine for the product, but they need to catch up with the headcount. Product? You're crediting that to the product? Well, the sales team, too. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like they need some engineers and I, I would look operators at, in the I would end. look at whether... Totally true. I'd also look at whether they have it. Like, what does demand gen look like in general, right? What does is, what is your mm-hmm. outbound SDR muscle look like in general? Do you have one? Because you might have just, cl- but it's a 450 person company. So my assumption is these things exist, um, but maybe you need to retrain your SDR outbound team altogether, right? Yeah. Maybe you need to split your SDR function into outbound and inbound, so one team's core focus is outbound. Because if you're a 450 person company, you're not self-generating pipeline at all. You just had your biggest new business quarter ever. Certainly, your sellers are doing a good job closing the new logo, mm. right? But they're not, they're obviously not generating pipeline, and maybe that's because of time management. Maybe there's some coaching that needs to happen there. Yep. Secondly, on that is. Maybe your SDRs are just focusing purely on inbound, but obviously the conversion rates there sucks. Maybe your SDR team just needs to be revisited as a whole. Yeah. The first thing I think of when I hear that as a problem, I think something's messed up in that company structure. It's organized in a way that's not conducive to doing business. 
Stats a harsh criticism. Poor Helen. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Helen. Get out, Jesus. Helen. Get out. All right. <laughs> I think Helen has caused this problem. She's the head of <laughs> No, look, I, I, I think it could entirely be the case that, like, it's, it's a s- small company. They've experienced extremely fast growth, and, and they've just been able to, like, they're only just trying to keep up with things. So they, they don't have any of this stuff in place. I actually talked with a friend the other week that's going through this exact same thing. They, they raised the seed series and then immediately uh, a monster series A, they didn't actually have like all of the systems and structures in place to be able to like really uh, build a process. And they're just like selling as quickly as they can. Mm. So their forecasting is all over the oh, place. Yeah. Right. And and their deals are all over the place and they're just like trying to close anything and everything. So if you ask them, what is your ICP? No one's going to give you the same answer at all. Mm-hmm. Totally. Right. True. So like it, it's a good problem that they have that they like they're closing so much they can't keep up with it. But like there are yeah. repercussions to Especially that. if it's like a business right. that's there, there there are there are a thousand percent scenarios where all of these things could be true and it could be because a company is just exploding like yeah, exactly. absolutely right like that it is absolutely possible that that's true too yeah. especially in a scenario where they're acquiring new businesses like especially if they've got a, a lot of foreign and new businesses and new headcount with those businesses that's definitely a reason why your structure will be a mess they, totally. They've never had to do any uh, AEs. Never had to do any self gen pipeline before, <laughs> right. right? So it's yeah. like, yeah, we never had to hire up on SDRs because <laughs> yeah. why would we? we right? never, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or our hiring is just like, hey, you graduated college. Here's a job. Here's a job. Here's a job. We're <laughs> yeah. hiring everybody. See what sticks. <laughs> exactly. And so we're not we're not 100%. being strategic, and our onboarding sucks because we've never had to onboard at scale, right? Like, oh, there's all these problems that could be feeding into this problem that might mean the business is actually quite healthy or has a ton of upside. They just need to like go back and clean up some ops debt. Mm-hmm. Which, a lot of work. By the way, for ops debt. The hashtag team. ops debt. What? <laughs> um, anyways. <laughs> all right. Are we going to slide on forward? Should this we week, slide on, forward? we're going to slide forward this week. On, this episode this got really out of hand. It's because I'm in the office. And so <laughs> it's just it's just gotten away from me altogether. This week on LinkedIn, uh, this week? I, have, I have a really straightforward, well, maybe straightforward question. Um, you guys ready? Born ready. Yeah. Is it important to give visibility to SDRs on why accounts or leads are assigned to them and assuming the answer is yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, wait, is that the question? <laughs> what data and how should we provide it? <laughs> is there a better one? That like, was, is easy. A better yeah, no, that was legitimately. What, what would, but no, but like, that was legitimately the question. I was like, assuming the answer is yes. I was like, yes. Like, what? <laughs> yes, it is very important. Um, but like to answer the question, right? Why, to give data on why accounts are leads to assign them, what data would you actually provide? What would you do to give that data to, to say, SDRs or AEs to make sure they, they understand when they get a lead or a contact or an account why that is the right one for them to prospect, which is actually a really important thing. And maybe we start there with the why it's important because reps need to have a reason to be steered in a direction, mm-hmm. right? If I give somebody 20 accounts and say, target these 20 accounts, and I give them nothing else. Why? Reps are confident and typically very capable and awesome human beings who will look at it and go, I have no idea why these are my top 20, but I know that I closed this deal that looks like these six companies in my territory. So I'm going to go after those six companies in my territory, like whatever your 20 accounts go away. <laughs> right. And, and, and a lot of times they might be right because they've got tons of experience selling. They know what their lookalikes look like. They've done their own targeting and prospecting sure. in the past. So absent me providing like, Hey, go after these 20 because 
of these seven data points that tell me these are the 20 you should go after, they probably just won't do it. Or they're going to feel like they're wasting time. And they're going to be angry, mm, which yeah. equally bad. So what are the data points that I should provide them? Hmm. So yeah, that's a weighted one. Uh, I think first and foremost, company goal, you what's your op- overall company goal. What are you trying to acquire? How much, how much business are you trying to bring in from what cohorts, from what industries, verticals, whatnot? Um, I think having alignment on that first and foremost is key, but at the same time, I mean, they're motivated by their commission checks. So don't think too hard sales guys. <laughs> yeah. well, that can work in both ways though. Right. Yeah. They, they could definitely they don't understand why they, they don't think they're going to make true, any money. True. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they, they look at an account. They're like, wait, why am I going after this account? Forget mm-hmm. it. Whereas yeah, maybe it's because there's a relationship, a CEO to a CEO or executive to executive relationship that it's going to be pretty easy to get that deal done. Whereas if they don't know that, if they don't have that context, they might just go, no, forget it. I'm not touching this account. Yeah. And it's like easy right. money for them that they're losing. Yeah, that's a good point. No, I, I had a really, I had a really simple answer to this question is, which was yes, if you want them to actually target the accounts and leads you're giving them and you should provide to them as much of the data Everything, that you yeah. can automate that you use to determine those were the right contacts and accounts and yeah. leads, right? Like yeah. if I use seven data points to determine that this is the right lead for you, I would prefer to provide all seven data points to you. And, and maybe there's a scenario where two of those I can't like push into Salesforce and make really easily accessible to them. Provide the other five. Whatever, whatever, one, whatever you data you use to decide and narrow that down should be your target to what you put in front of a rep. And then take it the next step further and go to a sales enablement session, go to a sales training session and walk them through. Guys, here's the seven data points we use to determine these 20 accounts. And let me explain each of these data points to you where you can see them and how, and how you can in the future look at other accounts and see these data points and decide if it's a good target for you too mm-hmm. on top of that, right? This is all good stuff for them to know. But yeah, whatever you, like, don't overthink this. What did you <laughs> use to decide they were the right accounts? Tell them those data points and then provide them that, yeah. right? Yeah, there's like no reason why you wouldn't want to share that yeah, with them. It's not some se- no secret information. <laughs> like we're not like, oh, that's high intent, but like don't tell them yeah. that. Like, no, why? Th- this is why like the demand bases and the six senses of the world exist is they can kind of consolidate all that intent data into an easily digestible format for sales reps to consume. Totally. And you put all of it in front of them and they can understand it. And then they know who to target. And they trust the data and marketing gets co-targeting as a result of that. Everybody's happy. Everybody's yep. happy. Everyone's happy. <laughs> Everybody's happy. And, and, the, and the rep trusts And if you're it. an SMB co- customer or client, no, SMB company, sorry, customer, and you don't have the budget for like a six sensor demand base, then yeah, you will need to get more granular and start showing them like the individual data points and putting that together an operational yeah. standpoint. But yeah, as you get more sophisticated, yeah. you're going to want tools to help you with that job. I thought, I really, I really thought you were going to go into like, and then you're going to want to like, find out what messaging you know? You just go like, drill into that messaging a little bit. Like, and like, what are they saying on these calls? Where are they, where are they reaching? You know? Um, <laughs> this is maybe the first time in ever an episode that Jonathan outspoke. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, am, I am still the like 
long-standing grand champion, but <laughs> you guys are getting easily. closer in parody somehow. I'm catching up. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, have to change that next podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling you out on that one. Um, cool. He didn't speak any guests. last podcast. It was. It was. We have just... two upcoming guests, and we have another episode. Uh, so uh, maybe Brandon, maybe I'll let you host one of those. Ooh. I don't know. We'll find out. No, I don't know for sure. We'll find out. Um, all right, that's it. Anything else you guys want to add? No. Sounds good. Jonathan is looking off into the distance. <laughs> I, so I feel like there's something we, I should we, add. We will, we will assume <laughs> that you know. Yeah, Jonathan, but, if, if, you're taking, if you're taking my spot, you, you have to say, wait, no, yeah, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. One more, one more thing. Just wait. Just wait. One more thing. I read thing. in this book just uh, yesterday that... But, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. That's it for the episode that's this it. week. If you enjoyed this, please give us five stars, Spotify, Apple, wherever you can read it. I don't think you actually read it. It's on Spotify. They don't do that thing. But um, send us your notes for this week on LinkedIn. Follow uh, Brandon and myself on LinkedIn. Jonathan is off it again. So just... <laughs> follow us um, and send us your questions send us your notes and we will see everybody next week thank you thanks guys bye guys thanks guys